dur- during worship, I had um, this picture of a round container, like one that you would put a cake in. And top of this container was a hand and it just started peeling back the lid. And God was saying that uh, we've been sitting around for quite some time, being filled with a lot of stuff. And he's saying, now is the time to rip that lid off. And when we rip that lid off, all that stuff that we've been filled with, we will start adding to the book of Acts. stand in awe of you. You know that word awe talks about a reverential fear of God. Putting God in his right place. That's why I get a bit cranky sometimes about the way the, use, the word awesome is used. Because <laughs> our shiny new car is not awesome. Our shoes are not awesome. God is awesome. Hallelujah. We've got to put, put things in their right place. When we put things in the right place, everything works in God's, God's kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I think sometimes if we, we just live out what we sing... <laughs> oh boy yeah you are worthy of it all you are worthy of it all so you know I beseech you brethren by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service oh yeah but Oh, hallelujah. I'm giving a, a, an offering message this morning. So, um, yeah, Paul wrote to, uh, to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. He said, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now that means, that can mean a lot of things. The equipping um, that God is doing within us is a spiritual equipping. Absolutely, certainly. It is the changing of our heart to be able to walk in conformity with him. His will working out in, uh, in our life. And he changes us. We come to God as we are. And that should always be the case. We come to God as we are. But he doesn't want to leave us as we are. Because there is a changing work that God does within our hearts. So what scripture was Paul referring to? He said all scripture. So when he was talking to Timothy, when he was writing to Timothy, what scripture was he referring to? was referring to the Old Testament scriptures because at that stage the New Testament was not compiled. So he was talking about Old Testament scriptures and I know uh, sometimes in the church we think, oh yeah, that's Old Testament, that doesn't apply anymore. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> now the practices, the things that they did, some of the things that they did were fulfilled in the cross. All the, all the, that's gone because we have the one perfect sacrifice that, that fulfilled everything that was being spoken about in the Old Testament that, that was speaking in types and shadows of, of Jesus' sacrifice, certainly. But there is so much in the Old Testament that speaks of the character of God and his nature and uh, the things that, that moved um, through that we, we still... Um, 
are still so relevant uh, to us today. Yeah, when I was um, thinking about this in, uh, initially earlier in the week, I, I just had a scripture um, come to my mind and it was, um, the Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That's out of the New King James Version. And I thought, oh, okay, <laughs> go and see where that is. So it's, um, it's actually Psalm chapter 50. So um, if you've um, got your Bibles, I'm going to be reading out of the Passion uh, Translation. So it, but uh, it's okay. Psalm chapter 50. I want to take you through the first part, the first half of this um, this psalm. And uh, you know, as in any passage of scripture, we could park in <laughs> any verse for a long time. Verse one: The God of gods, the mighty Lord Himself, has spoken. He shouts over all the people of the earth in every brilliant sunrise and every beautiful sunset, saying, "Listen." To me, God's glory shines out of the Zion realm with the radiance of perfect beauty. With the rumble of thunder, he approaches. He will not be silent, for he comes as an ear, with an ear-splitting sound. All around him are furious flames of fire, and preceding him is the dazzling blaze of his glory. And we know through uh, through Scripture. That when God arrives on the scene, in the fullness of who he is, there's fireworks. Now sometimes it's a literal fire. When he comes again, it will be, it will be his glory. It will be like a fire that, that, uh, that, that nothing else compares to. But so many times through scripture, there is fire associated with the presence of God. Glory to his name. So fire is coming. You know, a scripture says, my God is a consuming fire. So that's, that's, that's no, uh, there's nothing, um, uh, yeah, to ears. But verse 4, here he comes to judge his people. Oh, hang on. No, we've, we've, we've. Accepted Jesus, it's all it's all good. Here he comes to judge his people. He summons his courts with heaven and earth as his jury saying, Gather all my lovers, my godly ones whose hearts are with me, those who have entered into holy covenant by sacrifices upon the altar. So God will judge his people. Now, what sort of judgment are we talking about? It's a judgment where he is perfecting, he is, he is moulding his people, he is creating what he says he's going to have. In 1 Peter chapter 4, 17, it says, judgment begins in the household of God. God wants to be intricately involved in each and every one of our lives and we know that he is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing thing that's Ephesians chapter 5 verse 27 that's who he's coming back for his bride his body a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing and you think well what are the spots and wrinkles have you ever thought about that He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. So what are the spots and wrinkles? It's not the furniture. It's not the sound equipment. It's people. His church will be without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. So he's going to remove the spots and he's going to iron out the wrinkles. You know that word wrinkle. If you uh, if you look at it in the um, in the Greek, it it talks about a fold, okay, and a fold. Yeah, things can be hidden in folds, you know. 
But, you know, you, you, you put something else out nice and flat, there's nothing hidden. And that's what God wants in each and every one of his people. What you see is what you get. So that, that, that judgment is something that is ongoing and, it should, and we should welcome it. We should welcome it. We should welcome the dealing of God in our life. Because when we keep God at hands, you know, and say, no, God, <laughs> there's certain areas you can't touch, well, then it's not what, what God wants to perform within our lives is, 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 not, is not happening when we're, we have that attitude. Reading further on. <clears throat> listen to me, O oh my people, listen well, for I am your God. I bring you to trial, and here are my charges. I do not rebuke you for the sacri- for your sacrifices which you continually bring to my altar. Well, he's not going to rebuke his people because that's what he's asked them to do at this time. Do I need your young bulls or goats from the fields as if I were hungry? Every animal of field and forest belongs to me, the creator. I know every movement of the birds of the sky and every animal of the field is in my thoughts. The entire world and everything it contains is mine. Puts it in perspective, doesn't it? God is actually putting the sacrifices into perspective. If I were hungry, do you think I would tell you? For all that I have created, the fullness of the earth is mine. Am I fed by your sacrifices? Of course not. So God is putting there into perspective the sacrifices. And we've heard it before. God does not need your money. He doesn't. But, you know, there are two things in the Old Testament. Um, there, are, there are two things that were, were absolutely relevant there. One was very practical. The Levites were fed from the offerings from the tithes and offerings. That, that, that was their portion. They did not have an inheritance like the other nations. They didn't have land. They relied on God. And that was the process that, that God put in place. But, you know, there was a spiritual work as well, and it was a work of obedience for the people. Will you do what I have put in place? But then he goes in verse 14. Why don't you bring me the sacrifices I desire? Bring me your true and sincere thanks and show your gratitude by keeping your promises to me, the Most High. Honour me by trusting me in your day of trouble. Cry aloud to me and I will be there to rescue you. So the true sacrifices are true and sincere thanks thanking him for all who he is and all who he is to us. Show your gratitude by keeping your promises to me. And we could unpack that one um, for a long time. And honour him by trusting him in the day of trouble. You know, if you've got life, you've, you've got trouble. <laughs> Persecutions are a, um, and trials are a, a, a given. Uh, the, the scripture says that. And and man, we've got we have trouble now. This is a day of trouble across the planet. This is a day of trouble for us right now in the in the natural things that are, are happening. But he says, honor honor me by trusting me in your day of trouble. Now, we could talk about a whole lot of natural things, um, the, the natural um, cost of living that has, and we could talk about all the reasons why that has come about, and uh, there, are certainly, there are certainly reasons. We could talk about our, 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 our governments and, uh, and the legitimacy or not of them. Do we realise that the Australian government is a corporation. 
listed on the American Stock Exchange. Did you know that? Did you know our police forces are corporations listed on the American Stock Exchange? What do corporations do? Make money for shareholders. We are not the shareholders of our government. <laughs> you could look into that, but now's not the time. So how do we trust God? We put him first. We put him first. No matter what's happening, we put him first. I'd like to do a, ref, uh, a comparison of, a, of a, another passage of Scripture, and that is in Malachi. And I'll be reading from the Amplified because uh, the Passion doesn't have Malachi translated yet, I don't think. <coughs> and it's Malachi chapter 3. Verse 1 talks prophetically about John the Baptist and, and uh, being the one to, to, to come before Jesus and the message that was there. But verse 2, But who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? He is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. There's the fire of God again, his presence. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver and he will purify the priests, the sons of Levi, and refine them like gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord offerings in righteousness. We are. That, that kings and priests, it talks about um, to God. We are the ones now that God is purifying. And how do you purify silver and gold? You heat it up. You heat it up. And what happens when it's, when it's heat, heated? All the muck comes to the top. And then it can be just taken off the top. And you're left with the pure thing. That's what God is doing. Refiner's fire. The, verse 4 is an interesting one. Then, he will offer, then will the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in ancient years. Now you can you can look um, look at um, um, uh, commentaries and whatever, and um, that verse doesn't often have any commentary. I don't know whether the, not sure what it's talking about, but the days of old offering to the Lord, as in the days of old, as in ancient years, and I I believe that. Um, it's talking about the ancient times, about right back to Abraham and Melchizedek, if you look at that verse in relation to, to what's coming. And that was where Abraham met with Melchizedek and there was something established there that was later written into the law, but it's pre-law. It was a faith act from Abraham to Melchizedek. We'll keep reading. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. Here it comes again. I will be a swift witness against sorcerers, against adulterers, against false swearers, and those who oppress the hireling in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, and who turn aside the temporary resident from his right and fear not me, says the Lord. And I would suggest to you, there goes the spots and wrinkles. God is going to take out of his kingdom, Jesus said it, everything that offends. For I am the Lord, I do not change. <laughs> I am the Lord, I do not change. And then, verse 7. Even from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my ordinances and not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord. But you say... How shall we return? Will a man rob or defraud God? Yet you rob and defraud me, but you say, in what way do we rob and defraud you? You have withheld your tithes and offerings. Strong words. Will a man rob God? They're strong words. But he says, 
but you have. Verse 9, you are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, even this whole nation. Now we know from, from Deuteronomy that the, the, the blessing is on obedience. The blessings are on obedience. Always blessing is on obedience. So what sits on disobedience? The curse. The curse. Hallelujah. Verse 10. Bring all the tithe, the whole tenth of your income, into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. That's practical. That's a practical thing. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there might be food. In Acts chapter 6, when the apostles said that they, and, and remember the, the situation where there was a dispute because there was a practical application of what needed to happen in the church that wasn't being fulfilled. The Greek-speaking widows weren't getting their proper um, uh, uh, portion. They weren't being looked after. And the apostles said, well, you appoint seven people that are of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, to look after this. And what did they say? And we will give ourselves, we will devote ourselves to prayer and ministry of the word. They were studying the scriptures, Old Testament scriptures, and the Holy Spirit was bringing revelation truth. The apostles were, um, that's what they were teaching in the church, the revelation truth that God had given them. And, of course, the, ch the church was operating in the, in the power of God. That enabled, the practical enabled the spiritual. The practical enabled the apostles to do what they had been called to do by God and give revelation truth to the church to grow the church. But then there's a promise from verse to, uh, after verse 10, uh, the second part of verse 10. There's the promise. So bring all the tithes that there may be food in my house and prove me now by it, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. How many other times in Scripture does God say, put me to the test in something? None. That's the promise. That's the spiritual component. There is a promise. And it's even a challenge. But the promise is, if you will do, I will do. And I will pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive. And what's the, what's the practical of that? If there is not room enough to receive what God is blessing us with, if we will partner with him in his in His in his word, with his word. Well, then there is provision for the church to do what the church has been called to do. And that's to be a resource, both spiritually and practically. Because there is so much in our, in, in, in our world now that, um, you know, there are things that have been taken on, sort of taken on by our organisations that don't know God, that the church needs to be operating in. Hallelujah. And it goes on, verse 11, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall the vine drop its fruit before our time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. We look after God's stuff, God will look after our stuff. That's a promise from him. Do we believe the promise in the Word of God? Amen? Amen. 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 Um, if you are uh, giving this morning, uh, we have a box up the back there and uh, the details of, um, and I know a lot of people do um, give electronically, um, are on our website and Facebook. Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, oh, Lord, we want to be a people 
but just submit our will to yours. And Lord, when you, uh, when you lay out the truth in your word, um, Lord, we have a, we have a, a decision. Uh, do we accept and follow your truth or do we neglect it? So, Father, just by your Holy Spirit, speak to us. Lord, in this, uh, in this area, Lord, that we might be a people, Lord, that enjoy the blessing that you promise because we have submitted ourselves to you fully. So, Father, let, there be, let, let that word be established and uh, let your blessing flow, Lord, on those who would be obedient to it. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. So um, I often say this. I, I'm trained as a teacher, so I like to give homework. Uh, so please go and have a look in your own time. Psalm 50. Read through it. Malachi chapter 3. Actually, the whole book of Malachi. <laughs> read through it. Study it. Study it, study it, study it, study it. Amen. Uh, is to always share what the Holy Spirit is saying at the time. Um, I have been endeavouring for some time to get into teaching on the fivefold ministry. It's the passion of my heart to be able to teach the Word of God in the spirit of revelation and truth in God's timing that empowers the church to step into the revelation God's bringing. But I never try to force anything. I always study, I always plan, I always got a, always got a plan. But the plan has to fit into God's plan. And one of the visions that God showed me a while back was that of a blueprint of a house, a house plan. And I saw this plan spread out on a table very clearly and I said to the Lord, I understand what that is, but there was something else I saw in the vision that I didn't understand. And it was a vessel above the plan pouring out liquid gold onto the plan. And I said, Lord, what's the gold? He said, that's my grace that's being poured out upon the plan I have for the house. This is part of the house that God is building. We're just a portion, but we are part of. When I was praying this morning, I was very strongly impressed that God is wanting and is going to move in a wonderful way in this city. Now, I'm not sure how he's going to pull it off because I was giving him a lot of questions this morning while I was praying. I said, Lord, but how? How are you going to do that? What about this? 
how are you going to deal with all the different agendas? Because everybody's got an agenda. Everybody's got a plan of their own. This is how God's going to do it. And apart from that, everybody else in the city's got an agenda. They all want to do their own thing. So how is God going to move in a city to bring a unity of plan, a unity of heart, a unity of purpose to see repentance flow through a whole city? And I was praying this morning, I said, Lord, how are you going to do this? I believe with all my heart you're going to work your work in this city. God has done it before. You can read the story of Jonah. (laughs) He heard from God very clearly. And I, I personally believe many preachers have had their own personal Jonah experience. I did. But you come to the point where, okay, Lord, okay, I understand what you're saying. And then you step into what God's saying and you say, well, come on, Lord. <laughs> Lord, I know what you said, but I'm not seeing anything much happening because then we're the one that we want to push the thing. Because I know God's called me now and I've, and I've surrendered to God and I'm ready to go. Well, come on, God. And it's like, well, first he had to get my heart sorted out and he's still wanting to do it, but maybe there's some other hearts he's trying to sort out as well. Maybe we're just a small part of the plan and there's a bigger picture that we have to get on board with. And I personally believe we need to be praying and praying and praying for God to have his way in this city. Now, I know it's going to happen, but I don't know the mechanics. I don't know how God's going to do it, but I know it's not a problem for God. He's got a plan. And there's enough grace that God's pouring out on the plan that's going to be sufficient to bring everybody into the knowledge of the understanding how God wants to do it. It's going to be a challenge. And I'm glad God's the one that's going to step up to the challenge. We can only do so much, but we do have to do our part. And God's just wanting his people It's really difficult at times, isn't it, for mothers? You've got to appreciate the, the experience mothers have while church is on. It can be nerve-wracking. But to see the vision is one thing. You've got the, the, the vision in your heart, well, And once we get on board with God, well, come on, Lord, what are you waiting for? I've finally surrendered. Now, come on, let's get on with the thing. And that's how I've been feeling for a long time. But I know that I know in my own ability, I cannot do what God is wanting to do. But I know if I get on my knees and get on my face and get the word from him, he is going to start to unfold the plan. He'll show us what needs to happen. He'll begin to soften hearts that need to be softened. He can change an agenda like that. If we understand the power of prayer, of getting in agreement with God's plan, with God's will, come on, Lord, show us what you want us to do. Let me be the person you've called me to be And what does that require? It requires a a yielded, willing, submitted heart that says, Lord, I don't understand some of the things that you're saying in your word, but I'll simply obey and do as you say. 
when I was in worship this morning, a verse came to me very clearly about doing things according to the pattern. God has a pattern. There's a pattern in the book of Ephesians on the fivefold ascension gift ministry that is the plan for the New Testament church. It's God's plan and it's the only plan that's going to have the blessing and the favour of God upon it that's going to produce God's will. We are in a partnership with God. Now, I've been speaking about many things over this year about one of the things was being yoked with Jesus. He said, to take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you're feeling the burden's heavy and it's not an easy walk, maybe you're not yoked with the right person. And so we understand in this yoking, there's a partnership. But who's the senior partner in the group? Who is the one who says, follow me? But Lord, I've got to play, follow me. But Lord, I think we could go this way and get it done quicker. Lord, I'm ready. I've been yoked for a couple of weeks now. I know how to do this. See, we, we, we begin to want to help God with his plan. God had a plan for Abraham. Abraham thought, I know, I'm going to help God fulfill this plan. And we're still reaping the consequences. We can't say the benefits, the consequences of Abraham getting on board with God's plan with a bright idea to make it happen a little bit quicker because it wasn't happening quick enough. So we've got to be learning one thing with God. Patience is a virtue. And God has this plan that has been unfolding very slowly, in my opinion. But, you know, my opinion really doesn't matter too much. As important as it is to me, we all have them. But are we prepared to yield and submit our opinion, our plans, our desires, our way of thinking, our way of interpreting what God says? Oh, yes, I know what you're saying there, Lord, but... Yeah, Lord, I, 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 yeah, I agree with you 100%. But do you... And we can all fill in the buts. But you know what the but does? It cancels out what was just said before. You read through the scripture and you get to but. It means, well, you can forget about that if you don't do this. Maybe God's going to bring in the the, the realm of revelation through dreaming. He said he was going to do it. Maybe he's going to give a lot of people visions and dreams that's going to change the way they think about things. Maybe God's going to do it that way. I don't know. But there's been many, many times when God has changed the direction of a nation through a dream. Maybe God is going to give some people dreams and some God people are going to give the interpretation of it. Who knows the way God's going to choose to change and transform this city? But I want to be in the plan that God has for this city. I want to be doing it God's way. And if it takes another 10, 20 years, that's fine. I want to be part of it. 
Personally, I don't think it's going to take that long. However, if I told you some of the things that God told me 30 years ago, you'd wonder, well, how on earth are you still expecting it? Because I know God told me. And I know God's outside of time. So we may think it's been a long time. But in God's realm, well, I said it was going to happen. What was the problem? Trust me. (laughs) Trust me. This is all about learning to grow up and trusting what God says. But Lord, I was sure it was going to go this way. Well, maybe it wasn't God's plan. See, we can have we can have a lot of things going on, looking very busy, looking very productive, but actually just spinning our wheels, going nowhere. You know, a person could sit in their car and rev their car and make a lot of noise, a lot of smoke, have a real spectacular show, but go nowhere. I do not want to be just spinning my wheels. I want to know I'm making progress in the things of God. How do I know that? I'm getting closer to Jesus. I know my fellowship, my relationship with Jesus is growing and that is the most important thing. That is my priority. My time spent with him is more important to me because I know that that's where I'm going to hear what God is saying and I'll have an ear to hear and operate in the plan of God. In the scripture in Exodus, when God gave the the plan to Moses, he said, I want you to make sure you make all the furniture, all the parts and the tabernacle according to the pattern I've shown you. Exactly the way I've shown you. And then he said, then I'm going to come and dwell. So maybe if there's some of the furniture in the house that's not quite lining up with the pattern, it might be holding up the fulfillment of the plan. Can we all personally take responsibility for what we are doing to make sure I am lining up with what the Word says regardless of how I think about it? Can I put my agenda to the side and say, okay, Lord, I don't know how it's going to work, but I trust you. This is the biggest issue that every Christian faces. How much do I really trust God? There is coming very, very soon a great awakening. The great awakening is going to come through a great shaking. If you are not established on the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ, if you don't have a personal relationship with him, where you know that you know your confidence is in him, you are going to be shaken one way or the other, but the only one that's going to stand is the one that's built on the rock. And it doesn't matter who says what. I, I go walking every morning and praying, and one of the things I pray every morning is about is, Lord, it matters not what people say. It matters not what people do. What matters is what God has spoken, because you have won my heart's devotion. Opinions do not matter. This is not an opinion. It's God's word. It is the truth. And he changes not. Tim said it this morning. God is not going to change his plan, change his word to suit you so that you can have your own personal 
whatever. But Lord, I want, I want, I want this. I want, I want to see this happen. I want to see that happen. Okay, let's see if your life is built on the plan that I have established. I do not think I'm going to get into the fivefold plan. But it is so important if we are going to come into that, that ascension gift ministry that's operating in the church, we need to have a church that trusts the ministry of the church. How many people are sitting in churches thinking, Don't make God trust him. That's the preacher he's talking about. Not sure about that one over there. Well, I don't know what I want to be doing. Where's the house that wants to do what I want to do? That's the church I want to find. The church that will do it my way. The preacher will tickle my ears, tell me what I want to hear. You know, there's people traveling all over churches, all over the world, looking for the preacher who will tickle their ears. I'm not an ear-tickling preacher. But I do have a passion in my heart to see God move in this city where this city becomes like a light on the hill that people are going to be drawn to because of the presence of the glory of God. This is an exodus. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show you. That is the pattern of the tabernacle. See, it wasn't just an empty tent. We can have a building that looks fabulous, but God wants all the furniture in the building to be according to the pattern. What part of the furniture are you? What? <laughs> My mind just goes off in so many tangents at times when I ask these questions. But what piece of furniture are you? Could you be the mirror on the wash bowl? Could you be part of the bird offering? Could you be feeling the fire every time something? There's so many parts. There was the lamp. Oh, I, I think I'm the lampstand. No, I'm pretty sure I'm the altar. See, what's it matter? If you are what God has plan for you, you are going to absolutely love being what you are. And see, this is part of the teaching of the fivefold ministry to help people to understand their function and the glory that's resident on that function. The presence of God. All I want is the presence of God. Even if I'm a little toe, if I've got the presence of God, I'm going to the best little toe there is. I'm going to help balance everything. See, there's such important parts for each one of us to be part of, but we could all be a glorious vessel in the house of God. God showed me another vision of somebody at one stage, and and I haven't told them, one day I might, but I, I saw them as a a vessel at the king's table. It was actually like a, um, um, 
a drinking vessel. And it was a beautiful drinking vessel, but it was part of what was set at the table where all royalty came. So they were actually going to be a vessel giving drink to royalty. What a vessel to be in the house of God. One who's pouring out the word of God. The living water, the drink, the wine of the Holy Spirit. To be one that's a vessel that's, that's actually part of the, the glorious setting of the table that God's preparing where he wants us to all be actively part of what he's doing and to be part of that is, is just, Lord, that, that is more than I could ever imagine. And I can imagine some pretty good things. But if we just get so yoked with Jesus Christ and walk with him every day, we have the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to show us, to take me in the direction that's going to cause me to grow up into maturity. See, the purpose of being yoked is to teach the young one the right ways of doing it. The one that's got the experience, the older animal that knows what's required and walks in that way that's productive, that's fit for the master's use. That's what we need to be. He's the master and he wants to fit us with everything we need to be totally sufficient in him. To be walking in the realms of the glory of God. If we will allow God just to work his work in us by saying, Lord, I don't know how it's going to happen. And I prayed this prayer many years ago. Lord, I said, I don't know how you're going to do it because I know me very well. But if you will just yield and say, Lord, you've got a plan. I want to be part of that plan. Will you show me where I fit and fill me for my purpose? Father, we just love you so much. Lord, we know that you've called every one of us to be part of your glorious temple. Lord, you've given us your Holy Spirit that we can be the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, I'm asking you to quicken our understanding and cause us to get such a hunger for the presence of Jesus that we want to spend more time with him. Lord, that we can be flowing in the things of the Spirit of God and learn your ways that we can be the vessel that's being prepared for what you have planned for this city, for this house, for us individually, Lord. We just want to do it your way. So help us, Lord. We yield our hearts right now. Say, Lord, please help us. Let your spirit of wisdom flood our hearts with such hunger to know you and to know your ways, to walk in your will, in your presence every day. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Amazing. If you're visiting with us, we're about to take communion. There's some communion elements down the back or over near the front door there. Feel free to help yourselves. Just as Jeff was um, speaking and earlier on in the service as well, I was, um, you know, just talking about we don't know how God's going to fulfill what he said he was going to do. Um, but what did he say he was going to do? In John 12, I'm going to read to you from um, verse 23. 
And it says, Jesus is speaking, and it says, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. My father will honour the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason that I came to this hour, that the Father might glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it and I will continue to glorify it. The crowd that was there heard that voice when it thundered and others said it was an angel who had spoken to him. And then Jesus says, this voice was for your benefit and not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world, now that the prince of this world will be driven out, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. That's the end goal. All people to myself. The, the how we get there, the what God's going to do miraculously and gloriously in our city and in our nation, we don't quite know. We can see bits of it. But what's he trying to do? draw all people back to himself. And so in those, you know, 10, those 10 verses, he goes from, I'm dying on a cross now so that I can bring all men to myself. And so every time we come um, into a space where we take communion, it's to bring us back to, he came so that so that he could draw all men to himself. This is our reminder that while we have received him and we've received the gift of life that he's he's given us, it's not just for us. It's so that all men can be drawn to him. And that's going to require some furniture, isn't it? It's going to require people in the house planned and prepared to do what God's calling them to do and be available. So would you, take your, um, would you take your biscuit? Father, we just thank you for your body broken. Father, we thank you that it's uh, for the forgiveness of our sin, God, but I thank you that it's um, for a plan greater than just us, that you're calling all men unto yourself. And so, Father, we just thank you um, personally for, for us, God, that you have brought us back into relationship with you. And we're so thankful for that. But God, we're just asking, even as we take communion this morning, God, that you would give us strategy, God, for what you are doing in our city and what you are doing in our nation, and that we would come into line with the plan that you have, God, that everything that's of ourselves would fall away, God, it would be your will and your plan. And so we thank you for your body in Jesus' name. Yeah, and we thank you for your your body broken. We thank you for your blood shed. And we thank you that there's healing and restoration as we take this. And so we thank you that it's personal restoration to you. But we thank you that it's corporate restoration for our nation and our city. God, we're just asking that as we walk out what you've called us to, as we appropriate the blood of Jesus in our own lives, God, that people would see that and they would see that there's something significantly different in and through us, God, and that they would be pulled into relationship with you because your church looks different to the world and we have the answers that the world doesn't have. And so we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I might give us a few quick announcements to finish up the service. Alrighty.
this afternoon. Who's free for lunch? We're going to the park. No one's told me otherwise, so we're going to Rosalind Park. Because if you give me a microphone, I'll get to make the decisions. So we're going to Rosalind Park straight after the service. Uh, we'll be near the Rotunda, so we all know where we are. Uh, go get some lunch. If you haven't got a picnic already, come and join us in the park. Um, when the weather's not... What time? As soon as we leave here, good question. Um, usually, by the time you people all chat, which is great, it's 12.30ish by the time people leave. So if you're there before 12.30, don't leave. You're a trendsetter and people are looking for you. Uh, but everyone will get there 12.30, quarter to one by the time we get lunch. Is that all right? Excellent. We will see you there. Um, some things in the life of the house this week um, for you to get involved with. Tomorrow morning is playgroup for our church families, but also for our school families. So that's in here at 9.30 tomorrow morning. We also have our parent coffee for the school tomorrow um, between 8.30 and 9.30 out the front. So um, this is a plug. If you are free on a Monday, Monday is a particularly good day to serve in this house. If you're free in the morning on a Monday, we would love to hear from you because we have um, parents out there that we serve coffee to every week and it's a really great space for you to build relationship with families who may um, not have been in a church environment before. Uh, Tuesday this week is at Rose's place. It is great. I got the nod. Women's Bible study, 7.30, Rose's house. If you don't know where she lives, um, she will tell you. Wednesday, prayer meeting in here, 7.30. Prayer meetings have been great. They're always great. I'm biased. But prayer meetings have been exceptional recently. Um, don't miss it because uh, I find that's where God is giving us strategy for what we're to do. So uh, Wednesday nights in here, 7.30. Thursday morning, we pray for the school community in the William Room out the front there at 9 o'clock. So if you're free on Thursdays, that's um, specifically praying for the school community, our chaplains, our teaching staff, all of those kind of things. If you can't join in in person, um, join in from home, 9 o'clock on a Wednesday. Um, Friday morning is school breakfast this week. So if you're rostered for a school breakfast, check your roster. Um, School breakfast and then Kingdom Youth in the afternoon on Friday afternoon. Is that okay? There is a lot going on, isn't there? But it's good. Thank you for standing in there while I slightly freaked out. But two-year-old with a bag on his head. Holy smoke. All right. Um, <laughs> so... In a, the only additions to those uh, regular things that uh, happen all the time during our week, there's uh, a really cool thing coming up on Saturday, November 25th. I think that's in two weeks. Um, at five o'clock, the men uh, from our church are joining with the men's ministry and the, the guys from New Nature. And we are hanging out at Lake Nianga for a barbecue. So I'd really uh, encourage you, if, if you're a guy, you're a dude, and you call this place home, we want to connect with other like-minded and, and, uh, and people and men who have a similar heart to us, and wanna, we want to uh, build relationship. Uh, so that's a really, really good opportunity to do that. Please come along. If you want to hear more, you'll hear more during the men's ministry, uh, men's nights, but there's only a couple, one before then. So we'll remind, we'll keep reminding you. But that's at five o'clock. Barbecue supplied at Lake Nianga in Eagle Hawk. If you're unsure about any of the details, see Lockie, Tim, me, Steve, any of the other dudes. They should know what's going on as well. All right, um, and two more things. We're going to, as a church, we're uh, open invitation to visit Numa. Come down to uh, numerous uh, uh, church. We're building relationship with down in uh, Richmond in Melbourne. We're going to be travelling down there as a group uh, uh, on a Sunday to come. It'll only be in a, in a few weeks' time, a couple of weeks' time. So please, if you're uh, 
able and willing and interested to come along, then please do so. There'll be specific details of the exact date when we know it. Uh, but we'll be leaving straight after, reasonably soon after the service on a Sunday morning to go down there together on the train. Okay, last one. Um, the, we, have, we have a reminder. There's an opportunity to donate towards a Christmas gift of a book to students in NCTC. The Northern Christian Training Centre run a school. Um, there's a school there in Fiji that, that we support. And the, um, this opportunity is a great one to sow into some kids that, that really don't have a lot. They really don't have a lot. And this would mean the world to them. Uh, so the suggested amount for a book is $10. You can donate that amount or a different amount at the square reader at the Kingdom Coffee area cart. Oh, my golly, I said one more and you've made a liar of me. There's one more announcement. It has been on the board, but I've heard people talking about Christmas already and family Christmases and all of those things. Can you please keep Friday the 15th of December uh, free for our end of year um, church function? We'll be having dinner here. There's more details on it to come. But Friday the 15th of December, we want to gather as a family and finish off the year well. So can you put that in your diaries, please, and make it a priority to be here? Amen. Tim said amen. That means we could go. <laughs> go grab some lunch. Coffee's open and we'll see you at the park. Catching fire as you break through.